Thanks for tuning in to the All Things Melanin Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, like this week's episode, and share with a friend. Now let's get into this week's episode. Hi, I'm Shelby. And I'm Erica. And welcome to the All Things Melanin Podcast, where your certified hype women are getting you through the week. Be sure to subscribe so you'll never miss an update. Erica. Hey, girl. What's good? What's happening? What's popping? How you feeling? Girl, trying to stay inside. <laughs> so hard to stay inside. How are you holding up? during all of this pandemic that we're going through. It's crazy. I was just talking to my mom about this today. Like some days, like I wake up and I'm fine and I'm happy and I'm like just in a kick-ass mood. Like yesterday I was in like a kick-ass peaceful mood. And then like sometimes I wake up and I'm not with the shits. <laughs> like I'm just <laughs> moving and I'm irritated. So like I've literally just had to like take everything like day by day. But like still regardless of how I feel like, I am so blessed, and I know I'm blessed, but I still got to add to it. <laughs> yes, I feel that 100%. But you know what's been, like, keeping our spirits up is all of these Instagram lives. So can we please yes. talk about the Teddy Riley and Babyface live, half of a live, wasn't a live, then it was a live <laughs> controversy? Did you see that? Girl, first of all, let's talk about the first one, because let me tell you, I... <laughs> First of all, I stayed on, we stayed on that live because I think I was, I don't know. But anyway, we stayed on the live for like an hour. And yeah. I would have got off earlier, but the tweets in the comments were sending me. <laughs> people were really, you know, people really dressed up and put their makeup on. Girl, I went to Shell Shack and got some curbside, you know, had my little drink. And I love Tally Riley because, so y'all, me and Erica have seen Teddy Riley and Babyface live. And yeah. I realized that Teddy thought that that was Essence Fest. And it wasn't. <laughs> it was not, sir. It wasn't. Um, <laughs> it was just really, really, uh, the first time it was like, okay, all you needed was your laptop and that's it. And I was yeah. ready to, I had my glass of wine. I was ready to be in my feelings. And I right. waited for an hour and still nothing. That His, his uh, mic person was talking about, yeah, can y'all come back in 30 minutes? I know I ain't got nowhere to go, but I ain't coming back. <laughs> Girl, people, and then people kept going on live talking about how upset they were that it was messed up. Black Twitter had it trending. But what I will say is Teddy looked at our comments and our memes because he came back in the studio. He still had 50 people in there, but they was all high. And he came back and he was simplified and he gave us what we wanted. Yes, he did. I, it was really good. Um, so I did appreciate that he did redeem himself. I still can't decide on my opinion, like who won. Because when Babyface pulled out his guitar and started singing like live, I was like, okay, that shots fired. <laughs> you know what would be dope if they did like a tour together, like in twenty twenty one? Because you know we ain't getting out in twenty twenty. But if they did like something together, that would be. Do- you know what somebody else also said? They were like Babyface is the win and Teddy was the reception. I said, that ain't, that's true. <laughs> it is. Babyface will have you in your feelings and Teddy Riley will have you in the club like he kept saying throughout the live. <laughs> girl, and then you get spicy, girl. I had tweeted, I was like, it's getting spicy in here. I was like, too bad somebody's son ain't acting right. Because, <laughs> listen, listen. There was over 500 people. 500,000 people on the live. I was like, wow. This and that's is just on live. That's not counting. I think they were live like on YouTube too. 
Like you could watch it through YouTube as well. Yeah. Like we literally broke Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. We broke it. Because I realized because they couldn't get back in. Yeah, because some of my friends couldn't get back in. And that was the original issue was that, like, Teddy Riley was trying to also stream on his own platform, which is why he had that whole production. And nobody was practicing social distancing. He had about 15 people in his house, a whole camera crew. So it was like, we didn't need all that. We just need you and your laptop, literally. (laughs) We did. But you know what? They wrote all the hits, and it put me in my feelings, girl. And it's just, it's just music. It's just like I love R and B music, and I always say, and I always joke and be like, man, if look, if my love, if my next man don't make me feel like it's R and B music, I don't want it <laughs> because it just makes you feel like so. It just makes you feel so good. It makes you feel so light, and it's just like we all came together as a community, as a culture. Because every song that came on, I was like, oh, that's my song. Oh, that's my song. Yeah. Oh, that's my song. Ooh, but when he played deep, that's really my song. <laughs> yes. They switched up and played Can We Talk. I said, you know what? Everything's my song at this point. <laughs> I know. It was really, it had me in my feelings too for the relationship that I'm not in. Um. <laughs> Girl, right. Oh, but did you see? Girl, so I woke up this morning and Bow Wow was trendy. Uh, yeah, so, trying to get him to challenge Romeo or something. First of all, people need to put some respect on Bow Wow's name. I know we drag him and I know we clown him. But first of all, we need to put some respect on Bow Wow's name because he would drag him. Girl, somebody going to bust out. All I know, Romeo, is the Romeo Show song in ICDC College. I Yes, I saw that. That was so funny. I'm like, come on, Romeo. He In the music realm, it's a no. So Bow Wow would, would kill it. So that's not even a fair battle at this point. But, I, who, and I'm, huh? but who could battle him, though? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Somebody suggested Soldier Boy, but I I mean Soldier Boy got a good five or six, but I still think Bow Wow would murk him. Like Yeah. Bow Wow got hits. He been doing this since he was like ten years old. So yeah. and he's about in his thirties, so don't come for him. <laughs> yeah, and then somebody had said even at the Millennium Tour that we didn't get to go to this year, but that's another story. They were uh, saying that his set had everybody going up, like his set was one of the live sets, and I was like, I believe it, because he's literally our childhood. I know we were supposed to go to that this month, but other things happened. So, Girl, it's just so crazy. Hopefully, we'll be able to see it one of these days in the very near future. So, Girl. let's get into our first segment of the day, which is dating and relationships. So, I have a question, Shelby. So, recently, we've been hearing a lot of stuff on social media about people calling Russell Wilson corny. So, why do we think this? Like, what is so corny about him? Why do people call good guys corny? I don't know. And for the life of me, I'm trying to figure it out. Every time I see it, I'll be like, who hurt (laughs) y'all? Yeah, exactly. Please tell me. I don't, you know what it is. I really don't think a lot of people are used to, like, seeing someone, like, love their woman out loud in a good way. Like, he not disrespecting her. He's not putting his hands on her. He's not doing anything negative. Like, he's doing exactly what you, I think, well, he's doing exactly what I think a good man should do. But I feel like because maybe there's no, like, bad boy persona to it or because there's no, quote, excitement, how people see excitement and people think that that's boring, that I feel like that's one of the reasons that, like, 
they call him corny, but like, what's corny? Like, what's a corny dude? Like, I don't really know what a corny dude is. Like, what do I don't think? know, because I think the opposite. I think if you are not in tune with your emotions, you can't tell me how you feel about me. You don't know if you want this relationship. That's corny to me. Like, yeah, I think the opposite, like what Russell Wilson is doing is he's literally, like you said, professing his love for his wife and like, you know, showcasing her. And I feel like that's what you should do. I don't, I don't appreciate people's putting a negative connotation on being corny that's not even that doesn't make sense and I think if we have more and more and more black men showing their love for their wife and celebrating her that would be more accepted but I guess you know we see a lot of times it's like oh well you don't even know if the person has a wife and then boom they got one because they don't celebrate it they don't profess they love for it like so I just think I, I don't know why people do this. I don't know. Why do you think that they do it? Is it like, oh, I don't want to look soft? Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't get it. Why do people you do know that? What? You know what I think it is? I think we underestimate how many people haven't seen a healthy relationship and how many people don't know what that looks like. That yeah. I think we're so used to seeing toxic love. Mm-hmm. And I think we're so used to experiencing toxic love that sometimes when maybe... A, a guy like Russell Wilson comes around, you're like, man, this is corny. Like, he ain't, you know, doing the most and, you know, being all over the place. I think that's where a portion of it comes, and that makes me so sad. I know for me growing up, like, obviously, you know, nobody in my family has a perfect relationship, but, like, I don't know. Just like, this just this dysfunction that I think a lot of people are used to seeing and having, mm-hmm. I didn't really see that. And so when I got to, you know, when I got outside in the quote real world, outside of my parents' home and different things like that, I saw that a lot of people um, thrive off of that, if that makes sense. Because I tell, I was telling Eric, I was telling you this the other day, and I tell, and I laughed about it, and it's lucky not funny. But I said, I said all the time that my toxic trait is I'm always, I'm always prepared not to talk to you. And it's not funny, but it's funny because anytime I think that you're toxic or you're like. And are you intruding on my peace? Like, I'm gonna leave you alone. And so for me to see someone that's doing what they're supposed to do, like he's loving her son, he's taking care of her. I mean, he's taking care of her. He's doing what he's supposed to do. He's loving her out loud. He's giving her the affirmations that she's need. He's being a present husband. He's being her best friend. He's being everything that really, you know, God calls a husband to be. So I just don't, for me, I'm not understanding how that's corny, but I just want us as women to experience love that is not toxic, love that you don't have to suffer from. And I just love seeing that, but I don't think a lot of people are used to seeing that. And that blows my mind, and I really don't know what it's going to take for us to stop calling this man corny, because I'm trying to see something. I know, it goes back to you saying, like, who hurt y'all? And did you see when Lala was on live with Sierra and Russell and Lala was asking Sierra, like, everybody wants to know what the prayer is, sis, which we do. But Russell actually revealed some of what his prayer was. And it actually made Sierra start crying because, I mean, everything that he described was her. But still, it was like for, for him to sit on live and just be so comfortable in his emotions and how he feels about this woman. Like, to me, that should be celebrated and not looked at like, oh, man, you whack. Like, you telling her you love yeah. her. Like, no. Like, Everybody, I think it goes back to being broken. Everybody has been hurt to a certain extent. And if you don't heal from that, you're always going to like operate out of that bitterness. Like, oh, that's corny. That's whack. Like, no, it's not. If you want to, if you really love someone, why not 
express that and why not show it? So I don't know. Does it seem like men who treat their women right get corny, get called corny in general? Or is it just like Russell because he's famous and, you know, it's just out there for people to pick at? Or do you think it's men in general? I think it's, I think it's in general, but I think it's more so because Russell is famous. I think a lot of what is shown, I think they're getting better about how black people are portrayed in, you know, for famous people. For instance, like I think LeBron is a great example. Like he loves his wife out loud. He loves his children and his daughter out loud. Dwayne Wade loves his wife and his children out loud. Like we're starting, like Steph Curry loves his wife and different things like that out loud. I think that we're starting to see that more and more. Like I think that's becoming normal, you know, for particularly like the black culture and I think that's important but I think because we're not I think because for the longest we haven't really seen that like we're used to you know like for instance like when you know Future cheated on Sierra or I know I just named this but you know Dwayne Wade cheated on you know Gabriel we're used to seeing that as a culture we've normalized that as a culture you know what I mean like we've normalized like yeah people cheating we've normalized people not treating their their significant other right so i think sometimes when we see it you like, oh he's soft no he's not he's doing what he's supposed to do and i think we're moving away from a culture for the most part that is normalizing toxicity and that is starting to recognize like okay like that ain't working for me because i think we forget that like when you get with somebody that is toxic or you get with somebody that's you know, not good for you, that can literally ruin your life. I don't think we talk about and understand like how much being with the wrong person can really ruin your life and mess you up. Right. And how addictive, this may sound weird, but how addictive uh, toxic is. You know, sometimes you'll be in a toxic situation and you won't even necessarily know that it's toxic. And then something about it is addicting. Like you keep going back to the person or you keep getting in these arguments with the person or you know Mm -hmm. this person is manipulating you, but you're still, you know, falling right into the trap. Like it's something that is addicting about it. And I think that you're... Mm -hmm. Go ahead, I'm sorry. I was just going to say like, why do you think we get addicted to that? Because I know I've been addicted to that before and that was something that was really hard for me to break. I don't know. I think it really I know for me I've been in a toxic relationship before to where it was just always like back and forth back and forth but to be honest it takes two people to be to have a toxic relationship because you can't tell me that one person is toxic but the other person's not and it and it's like it doesn't both people there's some toxic traits that both people are presenting so like for me mine is like I would just uh Like, I will just get it to the point where I don't want to speak to you at all. Like, I won't talk to you. And that's toxic because if you're trying to be in a relationship, then if this person is trying to talk to you and work it out, but you're not, like, how is that working? So I don't know. I think it really just goes back to um, you wanting what you think it is instead of really looking at the situation for what it is. Because if you were really looking at it for what it is, you would realize that, okay, this is not healthy for me. This is sucking all my energy out. This mm-hmm. is not healthy for my mental state. So yeah. I, I don't I don't know why we get so caught up, but eventually you will realize it and you will be like, okay, I got to make better choices. Do I want to stay or do I want to go? So yeah. what do you think? I agree with you. I think for me, um, like, like you, I've been in a toxic situation and I don't know why I probably stayed in a toxic situation for as long as I did. But I think for me, 
as a woman, I I think because sometimes I think we overestimate someone else. Does that make yeah. sense? Mm-hmm. In that you can be an amazing person. You can be beautiful. You can be intelligent. You can bring everything to the table. As a matter of fact, you can build that bitch and then bring him to the table. You can do all these things, throw it back, whatever. You know what I mean? But if that's not your person and they're not giving you the self-respect that you need and that you deserve and they're not bringing to the table what you need, and but they constantly want you, like they want their cake, they want their pie, they want their they ice cream, but you're not getting anything out of the deal, I think that we forget that that's toxic as well. Yep. And I think that sometimes we think that having somebody is better than having nobody, especially mm-hmm. when you live in a culture that, if we're being honest, we live in a culture where they're putting timetables on our uterus. Mm-hmm. They're putting timetables on when we should be married, who we're dating, how we brought somebody home. They're putting timetables on our career. So as a woman, you know, we're being pulled in all these different directions. You know what I mean? And I don't feel like men get the same pressure women get, honestly. Right. Just to just to be all these things. You can't be all things to all people. But I think as women, sometimes we ha- we, we end up in these situationships and we end up in these relationships that are not the best for us because we want to have it all, but we're not patient enough to work for it or to wait for it. Yeah, I absolutely think that that's one of the things too. Um, <clears throat> going back to corny, right? Right. <laughs> is there anything, okay, so we already established that like what Russell Wilson, how he is with his wife is not corny. That's not what we consider corny. So yeah. what is considered corny like has a guy done anything uh, you know towards you or said anything to you or whatever that you do consider corny or is there such thing um uh so let me okay so I needed I had to look up the word corny real quick because I don't really (laughs) use that word but I feel like people use that word so this is what Google said okay this is what Google University said Corny describes something that's either worn out and tiresome or overly sentimental and sometimes both. It can be hard to talk about something emotional without being corny. So I guess like in simpler terms, corny is just something that annoys you. I don't know. Yeah. Or or something. Um, Has a dude ever annoyed me? Yes. I think for me, corny is just not being yourself and doing too much. Yeah. Like if we yes. kicking it and you just doing <laughs> stuff that's weird and you know that's not how you are. Or you just trying, if you just, if you're doing the absolute most, or if you're just being like overly something and you know that's not how you are, then that's yes. corny to me. That's really corny. Or like, I don't know about you, but have you ever just been talking to somebody and they really trying to put the moves on you, but you know that's not how they are in real life? Like, sir, stop. Please, <laughs> please hold. Now, that type of stuff is corny to me. Like, if you got to put on a whole act or a show where you're not yourself, or you just put on all your mat game, stop it yeah I I would say the same like I think it's corny when a guy tries to like show off how much money he has what car he drives what Gucci belt he wearing today like to me that's corny um also if like a guy wants to talk to me but like he'll send his friend to talk to me for him that's corny to me too like it's just so corny like what am I gonna do to you I'm I'm five to 105 (laughs) pounds I can't do anything I promise so that would be, those are the two like main things, like, and kind of like you said, you just not being yourself. Like if you're out here showing out, doing the most, like 
that's considered corny, okay? But if we're talking about Russell Wilson corny, Jesus, please bless me <laughs> with the hey corny Lord, dude. Send him on down here. I'll be waiting. Um, <laughs> listen, because your girl been struggling in the dating department, so we ready. <laughs> please. I'm ready and available. <laughs> so let's move on to our journey segment for the day. So um, the topic is let's talk about being authentic in our brand and not being a copycat. So what's the secret to creating our own blueprint? Like what's the secret sauce do you think for all things melanin? I think for us, what was really interesting, instrumental in like us in our brand and us being who we are slash authentic I think for us when we we sat down and we really literally mapped out and wrote down and exchanged ideas on what we wanted our brand to look like and based on what we wanted our brand to look like we literally put our personalities in it because from the beginning our brand has been something that we created so that we could show more of ourselves and show our personalities, our skills, our knowledge, and all of that information. But one thing that we were really instrumental in, and I think was always being able to be ourselves, and I think that we're able to be authentic because A, we're just goofy like that, and B, because we give give each other room to be ourselves and we give each other room to be authentic. And I think that, you know, if there's ever a point where we're not, which I don't ever think there will be, is that we have each other to check ourselves. And because this is our platform that we've created, we can, you know, we can be authentic. We can be ourselves. And I think for me, like us being authentic makes us more relatable. And if we're more relatable, then I think more people are willing, you know, to rock with us and to support us in different things like that. What do you think? Yeah. And I think one thing is there's nothing wrong. Like when you're starting off, creating your brand it's nothing wrong with seeing you know what other people maybe in your lane are doing yeah but I don't recall me and you ever really looking at you know other people and what they've built so I think when we did iron out the step-by-step blueprint of how we wanted to do things we realized that whoa we don't really see many people doing the same thing that we're doing and also, I think it's important for you to find your niche. You know what I mean? Because yeah. everyone always loves to tell you that this market is so oversaturated. Everybody's doing this. Everybody's doing that. But when you yeah. have your niche, then you find something that kind of stands out from everyone. Or And I think that's what we found with what we're doing. Because, you know, initially we did YouTube a YouTube channel with uh, you vlogs and everything, but that necessarily we found that wasn't our exact niche. And we found that yeah. podcasting is. So that's okay. Adjust to your niche. Adjust to your own secret sauce and make it what you want to make it. And I think that that's what's so beautiful about creatives is that you can just create something how you want yeah. it to be created and nobody can tell you, oh, well, that's not this. Now, let me tell you, people will try to copy you, okay? People yeah, will do that. they will. <laughs> but like we said, they don't have the blueprint. They don't have the secret sauce. You just be yourself. And people can read when you're actually being yourself versus trying to be like somebody else. If you see yeah. and everybody else do post this type of content and then you do it right after them, that's obvious. People can see, okay, you're not really being yourself. This don't really make sense to your brand. So yeah. I think this, it helps when you actually write out your ideas. And figure out, okay, does this make sense for me? Is this what I, the direction I really want to go in? Um, so with that being said, how do we c- 
continually, like you said earlier, check ourselves. Like, how do we check ourselves and stay on track with being authentic? Like, what do you think it is that we do? I think the first and foremost thing is that we check each other. I think that's the most important thing. I think that we are both very intelligent, outspoken women. And we've learned in the past few weeks, especially that we all that we both have very distinct opinions. And I think just the ability for us to balance each other, just to balance each other out in our personalities, but also to like, you know, not in a negative way, but just check each other like, okay, like, what? Like, what are you thinking? Why are you thinking this? Does this align with what we just said? For instance, um, about a week or two ago, we had a conversation. Okay, like, where do you see our vision going? Where do you see our brand going? You know, this, this, and this, and this. And, like, for me, like, looking back, that was kind of like an authenticity check. Like, okay, are we on the same page? Okay, are we still doing the same thing? Okay, are we still being true to ourselves and what we said that we're going to be? And I think, for me, the biggest thing that we've done is just the ability to check each other and hold each other accountable. What do you think? Yeah, I that's definitely it. And just making sure that both of us are, like we always make sure that we're both being fulfilled in, in what we're doing still um, yeah. as far as like our roles in this. And um, so I think that's one way that to stay on track. And then also when we revisit the ideas of how we're going to become or how we're going to show more authenticity that we continue creating those ideas and not just stop and say oh this is a great idea for us to you know show more show more more of our authentic self and then never follow through with it so I think it's important what we do is like to stay on track is we wrote that down we always put a date to it we say okay this is what we're going to do more of these are the topics that we're going to do it and make it happen so I think staying on track is important by putting some dates down on your plan that's you know basic (laughs) one-on-one Yeah, I definitely agree. And just to kind of add to what we said a little bit earlier and just authenticity, um, which you said earlier, I think a lot of people, like you said, um, get intimidated because like you said, they said the market is saturated. But think about it like this. There are like so many different types of braid. There's so many different types of braid hair and foundations and different things like like that. So to me, that doesn't really matter. But Mm -hmm. to me, if you're being authentic, whoever is meant to intake your information and whoever is supposed to get to that, they're going to find you eventually. You know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people get intimidated because they see, you know, Jack, Sally and Jim doing something completely different and that's working for them. And that's fine. They're, they're serving a very specific niche. And even if you are, you all have a a similar niche, it still doesn't matter because there's something very specific about them and something very specific about you that's totally different and one thing that I think this pandemic is showing at least for me because and you tell me what you think is that it's really showing me people's authenticity because Mm -hmm. you because you know they can't necessarily go to these sets and different things like that so they're having to do things on their own and they're bored so you're really getting you're really getting to see like where the rubber hits the road and okay like I don't really like that personality or I don't really you know care for them like I thought or oh they're not really as authentic as I thought. So I just said that to say, like, never never be afraid to be who you are because who you are is going to touch somebody and you're going to connect with somebody. You know what I mean? I think when you try to be someone else or you're not authentic, I think you run the risk of just not accomplishing what you want to accomplish. And I feel like everybody's purpose is bigger than them. And I think just in order to create and live the life you want, you have to be yourself 100%. 
Yes, absolutely. And I think being authentic is very scary. People don't want to put their real selves out there. A lot of people don't. Some people just don't care. But like if you when you start something, you really care about it. It can be very scary to um, just kind of put your yourself out there because it is social media. There are trolls. There are people that are going to have their opinions or their comments or being unsupportive of things. So that's the reality of it. But you got to push past that. And so if we would have sat there and thought, well, what are people going to think about when we uh, start yeah. this or do this, then we would never have started. So I think that if you want to be authentic, so, like you just said, Shelby, somebody is going to love it. Somebody is going to like it. Somebody is going to share it. Somebody is going to be dependent on it. So yeah. I think um, I think authentic in the end, it always wins versus being fake. So I agree. Yeah. So let's get into our mentor moment segment. This is where Shelby and I will read a listener letter um, and then we give our advice on it. So the letter reads, hi, Shelby and Erica. Recently during this pandemic, I got laid off. I had been at my job for a few years and was actively looking, but everything got put on hold when COVID-19 shut pretty much everything down. The uncertainty has me on edge and I just don't know what to do. I've been applying and praying, reaching out to recruiters, but nothing seems to be working. Any advice on how to navigate this new normal? So for this, I would definitely say, you know, you have to give yourself grace, if that makes sense. I feel like this is a really um, unprecedented time where millions and millions of people have been laid off. And I think this is a time where you literally have to give yourself grace and like take it day by day like being laid off is hard you know what I mean being laid Mm -hmm. off during a pandemic is even harder because some days you're okay and some days you're not I mean it's just simple as that but I just feel like you have to give yourself grace and I just feel like you just have to take every day day by day and do what you can do you know what I mean I Mm -hmm. think sometimes that you know, I, I think sometimes that things happen to push you into your destiny as well, if that makes sense. I think sometimes things happen for you to, you know, clear your mind or you to, you know, get more clarity or you to spend more time with God. I feel like during this time in general, we're all supposed to get something out of it. And I've learned that I've had to try to focus my energy on different things. Like I can't just focus on the pandemic all the time, if that makes sense. Like, I have to try to focus on different things as well. Right. Um, I definitely agree with that. And I think one thing that this pandemic has taught me um, or made me just realize even more is that um, our, like, what what I personally rely on comes from God. Like, he could shut it, literally shut it down. And I'm not saying that this is from him, but he definitely allowed it. And at the end of the day, he did not. Uh, this is not a surprise to him. Like he knew it was going to yeah. happen. So he knew that um, this person would be laid off. And and so it's like, when you think about things in sequence like that, um, you realize that like what you just said, some things happen to get you, push you into where you're supposed to be. So um, on top of that, like, I think it's important to take the time to try <laughs> to rest. Yeah. I know, I know I'm, saying that to the choir because I'm the type of person personally who would just be stressed out so I'm saying that when you when you've done everything that you can do take your time to rest and 
what you just said, Shelby, taking it day by day is the key. Because if we're looking at it from weeks and months down the road, it just gets overwhelming. It gets scary. You get, you know, stressed. So that's my only advice is just take it day by day and realize that, like, things don't happen at a surprise. It's a surprise to us. But if you are a believer and you are faith and you know that this is not a surprise to God and that he has always had you from the beginning to now. So I just would say... I just feel like just take the opportunities that you can um, being on quote unquote lockdown and really do things that you enjoy reading, whether it's reading your book or watching your TV or just doing something to get your mind off of uh, being laid off or other responsibilities. Like for one minute, like it really takes a toll on our mental health. It's it's impacted the whole world. So um, it's, it's very hard when you're like just pushed out of your normal routine you're like whoa what am I supposed to do now and you just realize that like God really is in control of everything like we can't really do nothing without him so um, right that's so true so that's all I got with that one yeah I would definitely agree yeah so if anyone out there has any questions or any uh stories you want to tell us and we'll give our advice on it please email us at allthingsmelanin.com tv at gmail.com or slide in our dms on instagram at all things melanin underscore underscore um so let's move into our last segment of the day which is words of encouragement so uh i'll read this bible verse from proverbs eighteen twenty four. it says there are friends who destroy each other but a real friend sticks closer than a brother lord <laughs> uh you want to take that one shelby yeah, so, okay, so I got a lot to say, so I'm going to try to keep it cute. Um, <laughs> I'm going to try. Words so, of encouragement. <laughs> here we go. So here's the thing, especially during this pandemic, I have really, and you know, I tell Erica this all the time, <laughs> I always evaluate everybody that's around me on a continuous basis because I want to make sure that everybody that's around me, you know what I mean, brings something to the table. And I think sometimes when we have friends for long periods of time, we assume that because we've known a person for a long time or because a person was in our life for a season and they were good for us, that we have to keep them around. Mm-hmm. And I totally disagree with that. <laughs> I think that I think that people come into your life for specific reasons and I think that some people, some friends are seasonal and some friends are lifetime. And I think when you keep trying to include somebody in your life that is seasonal, it can literally destroy you. And I think that we have to be very careful of the types of people that we call friends because sometimes we throw that word around too loosely. You know what I mean? Yeah. And sometimes, and that's how we end up with betrayal and hurt and friend hurt and beefs and all of those different things. But one thing that I do find solace in is that God is the best friend that you can ever have. It don't matter what you do. It don't matter what you say. It don't matter how you act. It don't matter what you're going through. Like, he is literally going to be there. He's ride or die. Jesus literally got on the cross for us, died, bled, got tormented, cussed out, beaten, gone over the head, something went in his side. He did all of that for us so that we could have salvation. And I don't know about you, but I wouldn't get up there on that cross. 
right. especially if you didn't talk about me. You know what I mean? And I know what you were going to do. Like, even think about it. Like, God, Jesus knew that Judas was going to betray him with the kids. Mm-hmm. And he mm-hmm. still loved him. And he was still his friend. Peter denied him three times when the crow crawled, when the crow, whatever he did. You know what I mean? But he still loved him. And he was still his friend. And that's the type of friend, you know, that I would want to have somebody that gives me mercy, somebody that gives me grace, somebody that loves me despite what I'm going through. And I said out to say, like, during this time, a lot of our friends are have all these different emotions. You know what I mean? And everybody's going through something and everybody's dealing with something, you know? And I feel like it's so easy to feel alone and it's so easy to be sad and down, you know, because you can't communicate and interact with your friends like you want to that can mm-hmm. be really depressing and sad you know what I mean because sometimes I'm not gonna lie friend I'll be like man I wish I could just call up my friends and we could go to brunch or we could just kick it but we can't do that because that's dangerous that's putting lives at risk so when I read this story or when I read that verse it makes me think about God loves me so much that I don't even have to worry about you know if I can't see my friends or I can't interact with them like I want to Because regardless of the pandemic, regardless of what I'm going through, regardless of what's happening, God is never going to leave my side. He's going to be the best friend that I can ever have. He's going to ride or die with me. He's going to be with me when I'm crying. He's going to be with me when I'm sad. He's going to be with me when I don't know what to do. He can console me. He can make a way out of no way. He's already gone gone ahead of me. Like you said it earlier, like this is not a surprise to him. Like he knew that I was going to need him. And I think in this time, in relation to friends and different things like that, we have to stop putting our hope in people and start putting our hope in God. And I think sometimes that can also take away some of the loneliness and take take away some of the sadness because you can literally wake up at midnight, Eric, and be like, God, I need to talk. Okay, he there. You know what I mean? Yes, absolutely. And I think when I think of friends, like it says, friends, just there are friends, quote unquote, who destroy each other, but real friends stick together. I think what you touched on about how Judah like was basically the fake friend to Jesus. Yeah. How many times have we had fake friends in our lives? But at the end of the day, if Judas wouldn't have done what he did, Jesus would not have gotten crucified. And that means that his purpose would not have followed through. You know what I mean? So sometimes when we do have those fake friends in our lives or those relationships with people that fail, it's for a purpose. So I think that you shouldn't, Anybody that's like, oh, well, they was never my friend. Like, don't despise that relationship because at one point they were your friend and they were in your life for a reason to teach you something and Mm -hmm. um, or to even just get you to your purpose. Because, you know, Peter was trying to stop him. Like, stop, Jesus, don't do it. But he would be stopping his (laughs) he would be stopping his purpose. So so so, that's why I always have said, like, some some friends mean well, but they will steer steer you wrong. Same thing, like yeah. you mean well, but that you don't know what my purpose is. So thank you for your you know advice, but you don't know where I'm supposed to be going. So that's kind of the same thing. And I think um, whoever has friends that they've never let go of, and that it's just those healthy friendships, you are blessed, okay? Because I have had <laughs> friendships that have come mm-hmm. and go. When you're growing, when you your lives are different, then it's natural for you to have friends, lose friends, recognize which friends are not was never really your friend. Um, Listen, you better but <laughs> but <laughs> I've been through some things, okay. But yeah. I think I think you made the the most important statement is how Jesus is our friend because, like you said, he literally is the literal ride or die. So if somebody asks you go ride or die, uh, why we gotta die? 
doing that. Right, because <laughs> I, I got questions, and y'all wouldn't have had no salvation had if it was for Shelby Brenner. And that's why oh. Jesus had to go. Exactly. So, <laughs> so it's the same thing. Like, it's, it's important to just know that, like, when you feel lonely or you feel like you don't have anybody on your side, he literally yeah. is that person that is on your side. Your and I know I'd be talking his ear off, and he'd probably just be up there shaking his head. <laughs> like, like, I have been told her. <laughs> <laughs> now she want to tell me about this. I already know. Like, so, yeah. yeah. And that's true. And I think that we forget that you hit on it. Like, sometimes, like, you know, I don't want to say going through, you know, friendships like you running through them, but like, <laughs> like sometimes it's just growing pains. You know what it I mean? Is. And I've learned, and I've learned for me that you, sometimes you can't, sometimes you can't go through your purpose and get, or do other things in your life until you let go of that dead weight. And I'm yeah. one of those people that I've learned that just because you lost me as a friend doesn't mean you gained me as an enemy. It just means that our time was up. And I think as we grow and I think as we mature in Christ and we mature in our life that we have to, we can't necessarily take every friendship that doesn't forge personally. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like it's like you said, like everything teaches you a reason. Like I'm in a part of my life where Erica, everything that happened to me, I'd be like, okay, God, like what am I supposed to get out of this? Like even in the pandemic, okay, God, like what am I supposed to come out of this knowing? Okay, God, this friendship, like what was I supposed to get? Cause everybody that I'm not necessarily cool with or friends with, like, they served a purpose in my life. Like I needed them at that time in my life. And I think sometimes when both of your needs are up, it's kind of like, okay, you know, mm-hmm. like what's next. And I just think that it's normal. I think that is growing pains. And I think that I've just learned to be thankful for everybody that's been in my life, whether they are still or they're not. And like you said, if you have never had to break up with a friend, kudos to you because to me sometimes friendship breakups are even harder than like male breakups they are yep well i think you want to lead us on out in prayer there pastor let me see what i got okay everybody close your head and bow your eyes <laughs> bow your eyes child i've been in this house too long <laughs> close your head and bow your eyes i'm crying hold on how's it supposed to go bow your head and close your eyes Okay, well, Pastor Erica said, here we go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Heavenly Father, we come to you as almost we need a how. First and foremost, thank you for each and every blessing that you have bestowed upon us. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your kindness, and we thank you for your mercy. First and foremost, Lord Jesus, we want to just pray for each and every person that has assembled and that is listening to this podcast. We pray that you would bless them. We pray that you would keep them. We pray that you would lead and guide them in this season. We pray for all of the essential workers, Lord Jesus, that are on the front lines. May you protect them. May you keep them. May you lead and guide them, Lord Jesus. We're praying for their families. We're praying for them. We pray that they have the right protective gear. We pray for their mental health. We pray for their emotional health because this is hard. We pray for anybody that has lost a loved one, period, and especially if they've lost one to COVID-19. We pray that everybody is taking the necessary precautions, Lord Jesus. We know that this time is a scary time, but as Erica said, Lord Jesus, this is not a surprise to you. So, Lord Jesus, we just pray that in this season we can be a light and we can serve you as you want us to serve you. We pray, Lord Jesus, for our leaders. We pray for, like I said, our essential workers, and we pray for everybody that's a simple listen to this podcast. We pray, Lord Jesus, if they are battling depression, um, if they've lost their job, if they don't know 
before their next meal is going to come or they're just feeling some type of way or they're just not themselves. They're sad. They're crying. Whatever their emotion may be, Lord Jesus, we pray that you would comfort them and let them know that this is not the end, that you didn't bring us just this far just to bring us this far, that there is a light on the other side of the hill, that we will come out of this, that it will get better and that we can overcome this. Lord Jesus, we thank you. We're grateful to you. And we just pray in this season that you would continually cover us, love us, and be with us. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen.